Welcome back, everybody. We're happy to have you here again. Thanks for tuning into the show. We've got our first guest on for this rendition of the show, this season of the show. I'm pretty excited for this. Today, yeah. It's going to be our old buddy, Brandon Stewart. He's a part of our guest spotlight. Uh, Brandon actually was on the original show. I think he was actually our first guest for that show, coincidentally. <laughs> also. Um, Did we do a Jameson thing? Uh, yeah, and we made we made a, we made a phone call and we we told some funny stories there. So, there we um, go. so we might get into some of that again today whenever we get him on the line. So, we just kind of wanted to open up this week to say thank you to everybody once again for all the likes, shares, listens, etc. Of course, uh, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and SoundCloud. If you're listening to us now, you're probably listening to us in some form or fashion through one of those mediums. Um, as far as feedbacks on recent episodes, our last episode in particular is actually starting to trend um, and, and has already got the second most plays, so we appreciate yeah, all the new people listening, uh, sharing with your friends, so on and so forth, and we appreciate it. Uh, we are early into this iteration of the show, if you will, and we are still developing things out. Um, so we appreciate your patience, and, you know, we're not perfect here. We're open for suggestions. I think a part of the uniqueness of the show is the realism that we bring to it, and uh, we're just two dads trying to have some fun here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, uh, Damn, supreme, baby. Absolutely. So <laughs> I'm just going to lay the foundation for what we're doing today. We are actually going to have our guest on, Brandon, as I mentioned earlier. We are going to get into uh, what Brandon's doing currently in his life, uh, kind of how our friendship started with Brandon, get into some of the unique things going on in Texas in particular, because Brandon is from Texas, and there's a lot of interesting legislation that's been passed in Texas recently, and to get more of a boots-on-the-ground perspective on which, quite interesting enough, as extremely conservative as Texas is, they, last fall, passed 666 new laws yeah. in Texas, uh, some of which are highly controversial and infringe upon civil liberties. So that'll be a little of the bit of the discussion with Brandon. The primary focus uh, with our discussion with Brandon is going to be discussing his new side hustle. Uh, he's gotten into uh, diorama making as well as D&D uh, &D custom figures and orders. So he's, the caricatures are off the charts, man. He he's paying he does really good work. Um, he's doing custom orders, that sort of stuff, and we'll get into the weeds with him on that. We'll also be discussing today. We've all had the pleasure of seeing the new Batman movie. Oh baby! So we're going to do a, a review and discussion of that today as well. So much to say. And we've got a lot of breaking news. Uh, actually, shortly before we started recording the show today. So we're going to discuss some recent news topics and elaborate on those as well. Uh, next week, just to kind of let you know what's on the timetable, we'll set that uh, in motion now. Next week is going to be our tribute episode to Cato. Uh, after that, we're actually going to have a WrestleMania preview. We're going to have a guest on the show, and we're going to discuss kind of the current state of wrestling. We're going to talk about wrestling back that, in the day. That'll be cool for me, too, because, like, I'm so out of the loop. So and that'll kind of bring me back to what's going on, so I'm excited But you're for somewhat aware of what's going right, on like, that I talk about it. Right, and right. your yes. sons were into it. Yeah, for a so of I time. have a general idea, but it's yeah. definitely changed a lot since I've been into it. But we're going to talk about uh, some pro wrestling on that episode. 
And then we have some other guests. You know, we've talked about some of the things that are in the works. I actually have a very good childhood friend, Brian Jones, Jesus Rose. You guys can check him out on Spotify, on Apple Music. He's agreed to do the show. He's out in California now, uh, making a living with his music, doing very well for himself, very successful. I think he's going to be a really exciting guest. Brian actually uh, got some notoriety on social media beyond just his music. He was actually doing some live streams amidst of some of the terrible things that were going on in our country during COVID, such as the George Floyd incident and the Kyle Rittenhouse stuff and right. and the the Ahmed Aubrey stuff as well. So he was doing some live stream discussions and really having some in-depth talks with people and really trying to advocate uh, to people across ethnic aisles, if you will. It'll also be interesting so, to uh, speak to somebody that kind of come from the same area as us and then, you know, now is in California and experiencing that lifestyle. So it'll be interesting to absolutely kind of see how that is being from this local area and then, you know, going out to California. I'm sure that's a completely different lifestyle. So Yeah, so, you you know, you always hear the talk, uh, what's going on in other places. You know, you kind of hear some of the hot discussion topics, you know, particularly depending on what media you subscribe to. And sometimes things get a little inflamed, but that's why we feel it's important to talk to people that actually live in these communities, such as you're going to see today. That ties back into our guest today, Brandon, and he's living in Texas, and he can kind of give us more of the perspective of the citizens right? and how they feel about these laws, how these laws are being implemented, what's the efficacy of these implementations of laws, right? how is it affecting everyday life, that sort of stuff, so... I think it's 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 going to be a really interesting conversation, and, and it <laughs> certainly is not going to go without its controversy and interesting uh, one-liners. Probably, <laughs> probably make no sense, but you'll get a good laugh out of it. So, uh, going forward with the show today, outside of the things that we've mentioned, of course, the Batman reviews where we left off last, kind of last with chronologically what we're going to cover today. We're actually going to get into more specifically with some of the headlines that I alluded to. There's been some developments in, in TV, movies, games, politics, world affairs, that sort of stuff. So we've just taken a mixed bag. We're not going to spend too long on any one subject. We're just going to kind of throw out the headline that's what's going on in developing, have a little bit of a breakout discussion, kind of move on from there. So with that being said, without further ado, we're going to move on to our guest this week, Brandon Stewart. able to see this i may get completely butt-ass naked yeah start slapping 
slapping my ding dong around. So. At, at some point, we <laughs> definitely will have the ability to get uh, butt ass naked on camera, and we'll make that a Patreon exclusive. We'll put your, <laughs> your dick yeah, I did a, I did a little design above the uh, shaft of my penis where it's got like two Manchurian candidate like uh, <laughs> little ombre. Little ombre. Uh, is this uh, the Lee Schreiber Manchurian candidate or the Dean Martin? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Dean, Dean Martin. <laughs> it's, it's, gotta Dean Martin. it's got a little martini off to the side, too, that I uh, super glued to my dickhead. And, and a little, uh, little rape. I currently on. have a catheter on right now. Uh, you know, <laughs> just pissing straight into. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, convenience is key yeah. in these situations. So, uh, oh, hey, yeah. if you didn't know him, this is Brandon Stewart. We've got him on the show today. Brando. Longtime friend. Known each other forever. Brandon, I think I first met you when I was like 17 or 18. Oh, dude. Probably, right? I think so. That's whenever I was scouting for boys. Yeah. Uh, to, to enlist into my army of misfits and miscreants. Hell yeah. <laughs> and, uh. The God Squad? Yeah. I got him. I got him super early. It's so funny that you say that because yeah, we were just watching uh, uh, Righteous Gemstones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the last episode, I think, and he's bearing the cross. Yeah, I've got no spoilers here, but Jesus did that too, apparently. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was wonderful. So we uh, we brought Brandon on today. Uh, outside of just the fact that we've known him forever, Brandon's been my roommate off and on. Been in, played music together, that sort of stuff. So. We all kind of got together and met each other through the music scene. Yep. So, like, that's kind of, you know, the, the, the creativity there. That's the creative itch that we got, uh, right? And so we're kind of manifesting those in various ways now. We've, we're doing the podcast, and we're, we brought Brandon on to talk specifically about some of his diorama work. But Brandon's in a unique situation, the fact that he actually lives in Texas. Oh, God. Right? So a lot of interesting things yep. going on there politically in particular, right? How? Oh, there there are several different things. Uh, <laughs> apparently, people are kind and warm here, just like the South. But as soon as you're a little bit different, let's snip your balls off. Oh, don't actually don't snip your balls off. You can't do that. You can't determine what no. you want to do with your own body or anything else like that. And no, that's if that? you're a woman. Trump's that's flag if you're a woman. Right behind me. <laughs> Women don't get those choices. Man. Yeah, you're a man. You can do whatever yeah, you yeah. want in Texas. So I think, I think you're good. You know, honestly, the best way that I know to describe it, Texas is a lot like Baby Shark, the video. Oh, God. Uh, and it's day in the sun. You know, the mommy shark gets like this little teeny tiny like little shark head. And then daddy shark gets this like grotesque, I need like a massive penis. Like, Jesus Christ, daddy shark, how fucking huge are you? And you better not be plowing into that lady. You're going to break her in half. You'll kill her. Uh, Brandon's in rare form already. So I haven't even been drinking. This is water. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but all those laws that they passed recently, they like went, uh, I guess they went buck wild and they passed 666 laws specifically. Did you realize that? They landed on that number, 666. Is it Texas like heaven? I did not realize that, but it would explain a lot of the the liberal cabal that's happening in our country right now uh, to be able to take that out. No, uh, anti-privacy no, set set forth. I'm, I'm on I'm on the podcast today to be a character. Yeah, there you go. We got yeah, a character on here.
did not realize that there were that many that were actually passed. I do know uh, passed recently, they passed a law that was uh, for trans children that you're supposed to dime their parents out if you see uh, trans kids in your class. Right. And they're supposed to uh, contact CPS or get the child like um, therapy, have to go to therapy to make right. sure that they weren't brainwashed into believing that. Oh my now, goodness. There has to be a special kind of human being that's like, you know Let's what? Let's learn this family's life. Instead, what I want to do is I want to dictate who they have sex with. That's exactly, I mean, it's just a strange, backwards, like, what enjoyment do people, yeah. what enjoyment do parents get out of that? Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. I think it's obviously it's just what's really a kind of ironic. Texas is, of course, like kind of one of those states that that tries to pretend as if they have a like almost like a libertarian agenda in the sense that, oh, you got all these freedoms here. We don't tax you. We don't do all this. But we're going to tell you what you do in the bedroom. Right. You know, and, oh, and it's more than that. It's, it's so funny that you say that, Barrett, because uh and Josh, you. Sorry, Josh. No, you're good. I'm not, hey, I'm, I'm disregarding you, man. I heard you in the background. <laughs> uh, no, hey, so that's what I thought, right? We were all told no taxes, no, none of that. They gets you on so many other fucking things. Like, right? the shitty like property, property tax here is fucking astronomical. Yeah. Not only that, they have a shitty infrastructure that their taxes don't fucking go to. And they do pay taxes, man. Don't, you guys... I thought for sure. I believed that lie. I should have done my research a little bit thoroughly. But you start to realize what you were told, uh, that you grew up with. Uh, you would hear things passing by that are just simply not fucking true. Right. Like, I don't even know if kids standing in front of the TV will hurt their eyes, to be honest with you. I, so, I don't know if that's fucking true. I wonder, I, just where tax money, for it. I wonder where the tax money's going in Texas, then. I mean, it ain't going to their energy grid, obviously, yeah, or obviously, anything like that. Yeah, that's another thing you could go on about, specifically. You were totally yeah, caught uh, up in those winter outages. About that, but more specifically, I think what it's doing is it's going to the oil companies. Right. And it's going to people like Ted Cruz, who's currently at a fucking trucker rally. Right. The Freedom uh, Convoy. With all those kids in, <laughs> I thought he was in Cancun. In no, he <laughs> I thought he flew to Cancun when the Ukraine shit popped off. No, he was scared. He's, he, since he's so anti-climate change, what he did was he flew to Cancun only to fly back and join the Freedom Convoy. He wanted to waste yeah. all of that fuel and everybody's time and uh, all the taxpayer money. Gotcha. So, you know, he's just a real lifer government official. Right. He fits the bill. I don't... I don't know how you look at that guy as a young woman or a young man and go, that's the man I'm voting for because he is handsome. He's got it all put together. I thought you were, like, going in a different direction like that. I thought you were going to say, you know, I want him to put his penis in me, like, you know, <laughs> talking shit on his wife like Trump. And oh, then he'll start following the podcast. Let's we'll, we'll talk shit about him and demean him in his relationships. Dude, we're and part of the us. liberal cabal that's trying to take, kill JFK, going to bring back his son yeah. from the dead. Because that makes all the sense in the world. And he's default president, and he will default support Donald Trump. Call back to first episode. I'm going to be honest with you. The reason why this appeals to me so much in these stories, and I don't let it hurt my feelings so much, is because it reminds me, like, it's almost like these guys are playing D&D. These guys are sitting around situations that people have gone through on a daily basis. Uh, 
and then they're contorting the story to make it more interesting. Right, yeah. <clears throat> they're kind of fleshing out their fantasies, if you will, into real life, or at least trying to. It's like a chess game. Yep. Yeah, I agree. So, of course, the talk of D&D, we're going to talk a little bit about D&D here in a moment, but kind of some of the other stuff in Texas that I wanted to bring up was, of course, yeah. the pretty controversial uh, abortion bill, the cardiac detection one. I don't know much about this. So, so that's uh, essentially the moment the moment at which that they can detect a fatal heartbeat, you cannot have an abortion, essentially. Yeah. So wow. that's, yeah. it's like most people don't even know they're pregnant until like, you know, seven or eight weeks in, most, in a lot of cases. Right. So, yes, you can detect it pretty commonly as early as five weeks, but, you know, I mean, there's people that go even a month or beyond, you know, a couple right. months into a yeah, pregnancy and have right. no idea that right. they, they are pregnant. And granted, this is granted this is uh, like a very rare case, but I've known of uh, a female that was in the Air Force same time as me. She was a fucking terrible person, but she came back <laughs> uh, from her deployment. <laughs> she was she came back from her uh, deployment and she had slept with somebody and. Uh, she went to what we usually have to go to is we have to go to a doctor after um, to uh, essentially clear up anything that we might have gotten over there. Um, and in most cases, we'd have to do a checkup just like anybody else. Right. Uh, and then she found out that she was pregnant and she wasn't even showing. And she was like seven, eight months in. Holy moly. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah, and she's a, not a, she's not a massive person either. Wow. So I'm like, small baby. Incredible. So th- that's another thing that you brought up that I wanted to mention too. So kind of chronologically with Brandon, he was in this area for a long time, joined the military and has done really well for himself. He's now a paralegal in the military. That's so awesome, dude. I'm yes, happy for you. Yeah. So very proud of him in that sense. So he's got, he's got a big boy life and a big boy of responsibilities and he's a dad too, like we all are now. So that takes up quite a bit of his time. Dad squad assemble. Uh, Hell yeah. So when he's not doing those things, uh, he's gotten into the D&D stuff a little bit more so again. I know you were into it when you were younger, right? Like what got you into D&D to begin with? Well, let's talk about our kids first. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's hear yeah. about <laughs> Yeah, so I measured my kids the other day. I'm going to walk you through all of the measurements in case you want to send clothes or... Or, uh, Donations <laughs> in in the form of malt liquor. I'll send you my yeah, PayPal. Yeah. A bottles the size of their bodies. Uh, <laughs> Give me a handle. <laughs> um. So yeah, whenever I was about shit, man, it was always around my life. Whenever I was a kid, and I remember being uh, super into it then, but hearing all the outside noise about it about how it was lame and stupid and demonic and all this other well, shit. Yeah, I was going to say uh, the kind of the satanic panic set in, right. too, when we were younger. Because yep. I had yep. even no clue as to even what it was. None of, none of my friends in my circle were even playing it. I never heard it until I heard all this, like, demon Bad worship stuff, and, right. you know, satanic the Bible panic stuff talk. being perpetuated with right. it. So that was actually yeah, kind of my point? introduction to it. Yeah, I think that we were all... All the kids around me, at least, that I knew besides my best friend, Travis, and his brother. So they had three kids. It was uh, Josh, Travis, and Andrew. Uh, their their dad played it, and then we would mimic his dad. 
right. and playing our own little group. And I was like, looked up to his dad, like, oh my god. So he's essentially he's the dungeon master, basically the storyteller. A lot of people that play D and D, they're gonna tell you, exactly they're gonna send you emails, about. and they're gonna be like, no, he's not the storyteller. The player's just a storyteller. I'm tr- I'm breaking down things very fucking basic. All right? right. Yeah. A, he's this essentially a storyteller, right? He kind of guides the story along or guides the players along into creating this story. So I'll go back to the last thing first because I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. So I played it until I was 9, 10, until about 15. And then I kind of dropped off of it, started getting into bands, skateboards, anything that would get my little pee-pee to go up. Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, naturally. I mean, that's, that's what you do. Anything that girls would look and go, man, he's a skater boy. So uh, we, that Avril Lavigne song. We're to infer that D and D makes your PP go down. So now your PP is back inside of your body. Flaccid. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just I beat it up against so. the wall to remember the good times, but it gives me no enjoyment. Uh, just to feel something. It just just to just, just to feel, feel something. The, you know that? Have you ever had work done on your teeth and they got to squirt that that medicine in there, and make it all numb? Oh That's yeah. That's what it feels like. Whenever you hit up against something, it's kind of like a phantom limb. Uh, uh, anyways, so, yeah, so I played played then, and then I got into skateboarding, and it was bands, like, for, fuck, Barrett, Josh, how many years? Oh, that was yeah. the scene, man. That's what we did. That was, that was like, a solid fucking ten years of my life. I was going to say, close for to sure. Ten, uh, for sure, ten. Yeah. A decade. Ten, sure. if not longer. Yeah. It, it feels fucking forever um and then i've been kind of trying to refine myself on a a lot of different things and uh i turned around to D &D. um my wife's brother is was super into it and at his wedding uh i was looking through some of the books and i was like man i fucking miss this and then it kind of ramped up from there um yeah so I can kind of relate yeah. in the sense that uh, that was kind of like literally almost the exact trajectory, age-wise, everything was pro wrestling for me. Like that was kind of my thing yep. that I was into outside of sports. Right. But like, you know, Attitude Era blew up, and me and my brother, we saw the first episode of Monday Night Raw, and that that was it. That was game, set, match. We watched everything. Man, all back the in the day, it was yeah. so good, Until too. I was like, you know, 15 or 16, maybe. And then I, again... I got into music and started playing in bands, and then that's what took my time. Right. A little bit more so, but, you know, that was kind of my fanatical thing outside of music. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, you know, kids, whenever you get older, you get into different things. You know, it's just one of those fun times. Uh, it's it's something that you really have to, like, after I joined the military, I didn't even know how to dress anymore like i was yeah. trying to i felt like i was in high school trying to figure kind out fit back in and what i yeah like find a yourself though at the same time right. right and not in the sense that you're like trying to emulate other people but you're trying you know, to figure out who you are yeah right yeah because it's, it's it, a, i mean it's it breaks you down change. it definitely does so you know kind of getting into the military too i wanted to go back to this earlier too you know that that's definitely not the field at which I would have thought that you've gotten into. But in, I mentioned this kind of earlier as well. I think you've like made the best of the situation outside of 
professionally but personally for yourself as well. Yep. And not a lot yeah, of people I mean, go in and can do that. You know, people go in with the hope that they can, you know, clean up their act or clean up their life. And you're not to say that you had a terrible life before, but you it set you on a path with, a, I'll say, a destination. Right. As, yeah. as much as I don't like a to future. use that word. But, right. you know, you established yourself, you know. It's not to say that yeah. it gave you purpose, but it, it's a career. It's a living and again, it developed you out not only professionally, but you, you got know, to see the world too, didn't you? I mean, yeah. you've, you've been more on your deployments. I mean, you've been just pretty interesting places. Yeah, I've been. Uh, I, I went to Italy uh, from 2017 to 2020, and me and Liz got to see about 16 different countries. That's so cool, man! Um, All over Europe, definitely puts things in perspective. What's that? All over Europe, too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you all went, over Europe. Some we, of the places I, you went, like well, Hungary, Croatia. Germany. Then you go to Germany? There's no telling if I'll ever go back to Africa. I, I went to Africa, too, which is, it was, I mean, you could definitely feel the privilege there. It was definitely, uh, it puts things in perspective a little bit more than watching. Uh, you drove into Africa? Or how did, uh, what was the means no, of we, travel? We flew in, uh, flew into uh, Africa because we were going to Morocco. We've always wanted to go, so that's we right. decided to go. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, and, and it was yeah, so you went to Morocco also. I mean, you, I mean, you went a lot of yeah. You've been a lot of cool places, man. You got yeah, to see a metal festival. It's different. Yeah. Sorry, I'm slipping off my pants real quick. All right, go for it. But you got to see a metal fest- festival in the Norwegian country, right? I had that's I had pork scalopini boys. <laughs> a little fiery down there right downstairs. now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got to go to Norway. We we hiked, and and just uh, just to throw this in there, we we took flights that were over in Europe. Whenever you're in the military, you get flights uh, through a certain airline, um, and they're extremely discounted. Like we, I think we flew to. Norway for like 50 bucks a piece. Holy moly. Oh, yeah. um, you can't beat that. So mo- the majority of our money was spent on their food, which is astronomical. <laughs> I mean, yeah. for a 12-inch pizza, it was tw- two 12-inch pizzas, four beers, and just three oysters. I paid 120-something oh, my US. God, that's crazy. And it was not at a fancy place. We're talking like Dive it looks like a brewery type, scoop, you know, like yeah. Yeah. setup. Dang. Wow. Yeah. It's definitely it's definitely eye opening, and I wouldn't take it back at all. But right. you start to realize, uh, whenever, God, it's like we always, I always wanted to get away from home, uh, and now all I want to do is go back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm like, what's you know? Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned sky. that because I was I'm having good. this thought the other day, like for the longest time, even like Pam and I have been together for a long time and we would have to drive down to the Ironton area, visit our parents and stuff like that. And I would just like almost, I told you this before you've been on trips with me, Brandon, Josh, even you probably like going into Ironton literally induced a panic attack to me. Right. It's because I associated it with, you know, childhood and so many bad memories and things of that ilk. But like, I understand that once I got more set in my life and Pam and I were together and we started having kids and things like that, it's like, all of that washed away. Though. Yeah. 
I feel like that kind of relates yeah. to, to what you're talking about now. Is like when you're kind of more at peace at your, with yourself, regardless of where you lay your head, you can be comfortable right. as well. Yeah, and I think I think mine was after my dad died. I think that I had gotten there and seeing Liz's reaction and how she came to me about wanting to move back to Missouri. And I was like, she saw me on a four-wheeler and she was like, I've never seen this side of you. I was like, I'm, just driving a fucking, I'm just driving a fucking four-wheeler. This is like normal. This is what I do out here. So she, uh, she liked Regal Brandon Stewart. And I was like, yeah, I'm woodsy. That's what I am. <laughs> yeah, you like that, baby? I don't have a leather jacket, but I got a... But I got the assless chats. You know what I'm saying? Got the hey. endless chats, eh? I had a lot of sex. A lot of sex. Is that what they call it, sex? At least somebody did. Sex. <laughs> sex. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, is there... Anything you guys want to know? Uh, well, I mean, you're the showrunner, man. You yeah, tell well, me what you like, I don't, I've, I've, again, I've had friends that have been in, like, Dungeons and Dragons in particular, and that's not necessarily, like, the focus of where I want to take the talk, per se, but there's a little bit, you know, I feel like the Dungeons and Dragons thing is taken back off. Like, it, I don't know if it's just because I was younger and it was popular and it was kind of booming, and I got older and just, like, lost touch with what, but I feel like kind of, like, when, Stranger Things came out, for example. It kind of because they were playing D and D and Stranger Things. I feel like there was another like tabletop boom. Right. And it definitely spiked. Uh, a couple new, um, I, I call them showrunners. I don't know their specific titles. Uh, came into the mix. People who have been playing it their entire lives. Uh, you got uh, Stranger Things out there. It definitely, definitely rose that. Um, it's what's funny to me about this whole thing is that essentially it is a video game that nobody else made for you that you design yourself and you play inside and there are no fucking limitations. Right. And it's unique to like, that story too. Right. There, there, I can tell you right now, I do not remember. I do not remember most things from my childhood. I really don't. I don't have that kind of uh, memory, that type of memory right. to where I can call upon shit like that. Right. But I'll be fucking damned if I don't remember remember my first character whenever <laughs> I played and I wore I was a, a fucking gnome and I wore a mask and I wrote up the bit. One of the biggest moments ever is leaping off this magic carpet to destroy the last fucking bad guy. And I rolled a natural 20. I remember that shit <laughs> like it was fucking yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I cannot. I cannot tell you, besides watching X-Files with my family, I can't, like, I can't remember specific things like that unless right. I call back. Those were times in my life where I was, like, I was fucking nerdy as shit, man. Oh, I hear you. I was nerdy. Yeah. And yeah. I loved the feeling that gave me to accomplish something and help my friends. That right. was... right. It's a memory that'll never I mean, go away. And you guys know about that made-up book? Fucking the Bible, man. It's just like that. Yeah. <laughs> Except you it's are writing. Like you're you're showing them the missing chapters that are there because we all know that the King James Version is totally unadulterated and that everything that's yep. in there is all of the pages, all of the books. Yep, It's yep. literally first-hand Preach. documentation straight from... 
God himself Preach. through Jesus' orifices to do <laughs> yep. so. Yep. So. Hey, man, I do know for a fact that I literally just played a talking bush, and one of uh, one of my uh, sessions that I played with the guys the probably like six episodes ago that was written in the book, and I'm like, that's yeah. how they came over the burning bush. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. how they did it, man. D&D, they Bush stole it from talks. Him. How do you like that? <laughs> George Bush went back in time and told it to Moses, all right? Yeah, it was a little baby, jo- uh, little baby it, George W. Yeah, it was baby George yep. Bush, though. He, he went back in mm-hmm. time. He told him, then he, he, te- he time hopped, and he took JFK Jr. off the plane before he crashed and then brought him Dude, down to Texas so that he could yep. reinstill Donald Trump. My parents right? had to explain Preach. that it was a literal Bush. The oh. actual bush, oh, the talking bush, and that he had scabies. Oh. <laughs> oh, I don't think I don't know if that's I don't know if that's accurate. I think if you look at the King James uh, version, George W. Bush, they called him Babyface George W. Bush because he was a gangster too. Uh, he had a Tommy gun and he tried to wipe out the big dragon in the sky. Uh, he was flying over. The giant spaghetti you got all your facts mixed up, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> so hey, the, that just, uh, that sounds like that could be a and D episode, right? <laughs> that's exactly that is exactly what it is, man. Uh, so, but that's also no, kind of hasn't that springboard you into doing the actual dioramas yourself? I mean, like I know the dioramas are in and of their own thing, but I know like recently you got a three D printer, and and that's probably up the game as well. Like, just kind of talk me through the creative process. We started kind of with back with D&D, and now you've went in and painted, like, figures, and I feel like that that's moved on to making these dioramas now and so on and so forth. Am I, am I off there? Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, the one thing I will tell you is definitely with the painting of monsters, I've always loved monsters. Anybody who doesn't like monsters is a fucking asshole. Uh, they're, they're a great storytelling mechanic to begin with, right. and they terrify the shit out of us, which is what I try and do with most of my, uh, work. But I found, uh, I'll say a subsection of the internet that actually, you know, makes their own train, does stuff like that. There's a very popular company called Dwarven Forge, which basically, uh, they cast all of their pieces and you put them all together and you can make a set of something like a sewer system or whatnot. And I was really pushed away from that because, it was like it was kind of some cookie pieces, cutter. Some right. pieces are like three hundred and fifty dollars, man, and Holy they're moly. small things. And I'm not saying it's a bad product, but what I set out to do with my stuff is I don't want to go off somebody else's idea of what something looks like. Right. Uh, I want to make exactly what I want, and a lot of times in my head, it's either it's either I have an image for exactly what I want. Right. And I can recreate that or I uh, just get going with something and build it along the way and come up with new ideas. Well, that that adds a layer of your creativity and storytelling, though, with this as well, that, you know, it it, it allows you to further scratch that itch, if you will. Now, do you use software, I guess, like with the 3D printer? Is that how you make your caricatures and your your scenes? Uh, So I do. I do have SDL files that I use for my 3D printer whenever I print off the uh, any of the figures that I do, um, and that's toxic ass resin <laughs> that I pour into my machine, and uh, I've mastered that. Now I'm 
now I can pretty much print anything off and it's going to come out smooth. It's not going to have what they call scarring on it yeah. uh, where there's a bunch of bumps. Um, but with the terrain, the thing I'm heavier into is terrain. And I build that out of an insulation board for from uh, Home Depot or Lowe's. Right, right. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I know that there is a shop like in Greece. I don't know if that's the one that you already name dropped, but they were actually ordering stuff from you, right? Yeah, uh, actually, I'm going to name drop them at D and D Four World at D and D Four World. It's got Beholder on the front of it. Uh, yeah, in Greece, a guy had put out like a this whole thing where he was coming up with his new campaign. Uh, guys got. A uh, few thousand followers, and I was like, "Well, shit, this would be really cool." The I, I mean, I'm gonna act like it was selfless because I would definitely was like, "Maybe I could throw my stuff out there." Uh, sure, but the opportunity. Why not? He right. was, yeah, promoting it for people to send him some stuff so they can be featured on his Instagram page, uh, and he's shout uh, done shoutouts for me several times. Um, but yeah, I was it. It really is insane how invested Europe is, especially in Warhammer, which is separate from D and D. I definitely know uh, what Warhammer is. <laughs> What's the yeah. difference? I'm totally, you know. Well, yeah, so. I know like the game, like total, like the Total War Warhammer, like oh, okay. yeah, stuff like that. I love like that stuff. Digital, yeah, yeah, so yeah it's like on Steam, like on PC okay, okay. stuff like yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, so they have video games, and then it started out as tabletop, right? So yeah, yeah, that's the how it difference started. between. D and D, and that is D and D. Stay There's the squads of squads of people on Warhammer side where you attack each other. You can do story based. D and D is you and several of your friends making a story together, and it's not about competition. Right. Not a single bit of it. Anybody comes into the into the game thinking it's about competition, instantly either gets kicked out of the group or causes problems later on down the line. Uh, every Sunday. See, I didn't know that. I That's kind of another interesting church. layer. That's yeah. another interesting I didn't know layer that either, there right. is that it's not competitive based. So that that right. is interesting. It 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 forces people to collaborate together. Yeah, and I I mean I like to do different things in my sessions. Like like I said, I build build these three D models. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like to I like to do accents and voices while I'm playing. Uh. I like to send people things in the mail with like a, like a, uh, the old, uh, wax seal stamps. Oh yeah. And then write it out in a very, uh, very much not my handwriting cursive. Yeah. Uh, like an old English splatter on something. It, it puts you into that moment and makes you feel like you're that little kid again that saw star Wars for the first time in theaters and you walked in front of those automatic doors and you put your hand up and it's just fucking... Yeah, use like, the force, it, baby. Yeah, like dude, use the force to open it's, the door. It's a completely different thing for me. And I I know for a fact that I will never... It will never not be a part of my life. For sure. So are you getting much of a... I, I know it's not the be-all, the end-all. I mean, you, do, you do it as recreation, but also for personal use in your games. But are you getting a lot of inquiries for people to make like you to make people dioramas like I know like some of what you do is like online probably like Skyping with other people or whatever this platform or you know thing that you use to do so are like these people that you're playing with 
employing your services? Are you getting people outside of that? Like, is there a, a group that you belong to, like maybe on social media or something like that too, that you're able to kind of network and uh, you know, learn about these your different opportunities, I guess, technically, even to like sell some of your stuff? Yeah, uh, I've thought about making an Etsy page. Right now I'm trying to build up my inventory to where I can at least give people examples of the type of work that they're going to get and the quality of it. Yeah. Um, uh, I should be opening my Etsy shop this year. I have found a couple different platforms to do it. It's this community, and I do mean it's it's a community. It's kind of crazy how big. Uh, they, a lot of it is spread from other people, and people do it like willingly, or somebody, or like they try and help out in any way they can. There are people that will literally stop to message you to let you know if you have like a question, Hey man, how did you uh, do that? Or what, how did you get that texture on there to like look like rock? They'll take the time to, I, there's not a single person that I've messaged that hasn't hit me back up. Right. And some of these guys got tens of thousands of followers. That's cool. Uh, so yeah, like it's how you get around in this community uh, is definitely things like Instagram and bring your stuff to local shops. Um, that's that's a big thing. I mean, stickers, small small stuff like that. Really, yeah. It's yeah. getting involved in the community, going in. Uh, uh, if you don't mind, I'll tell you about a recent thing that I absolutely. Uh, yeah. So there's it's not D and D day, but it's uh, there's a specific day out of the year, and forgive me for not knowing this people that know D&D, but they, at shops, they open up this day to, uh, to DMs and basically, and that's Dungeon Master, by the way, uh, that's the one who sets up the whole situation, the whole story, right. gets the bones of it. Kind of the point. Um, uh, they'll open it up and they'll be like, hey, do something from anything in this shop and we'll give you that book for free if you run it for several random people. Right. Yeah. I did one. Uh, I've only done one recently, but this is my, only my first year since I started building. Uh, I built a whole set and did it in like a D and D style uh, crossover between aliens and the thing. Oh, cool. So they were in the snowy tundra, and they were trying to recover an artifact. And turns out that artifact was something more, and it changed certain people. Yeah. But uh, Lovecraftian. Five, six different uh, people I've never met in my entire life, right? Yeah. I was nervous as fuck, and I've been playing D&D forever, but I've never played it for random people. Um, and I remember one of the guys telling me that they really liked this. Uh, even something as small as turning off the lights and speaking in, like, uh, having an English accent to it is... Mm -hmm. Or, or letting lights flicker on your diorama while the lights are off yeah. puts people in that mode. And that's that's what movies do for me. Right? Oh, absolutely. That's exactly... Yeah, yeah and that's, yeah. that's definitely another thing that we've all bonded over as well as movies. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. drawn inspiration from, like, I know, like, I've written songs with the, with the intent to convey the mood that I got from a movie or certain parts in a song or lyrics inspired by a movie... You know, things of that ilk. 
And it's it's funny to see how it's transferring over into this medium for you as well. Yeah, uh, man. It's, that's a huge influence, if not one of the biggest. And metal, half the reason why I listen to metal now is also to see the amazing fucking artwork. Oh, absolutely. Like, there is some gothic-ass shit out there that... T-shirts, man. It's, They're getting it's even crazier. It's super inspiring. 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 <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, sir. Is there uh are there any particular like characters or repeat uh like diorama requests or anything that you're you have been producing? I know you said you're building up your inventory, but I know you've sold some stuff too. So what's probably happened to this had has to have happened. Like let's say for example you sold something to that shop. They had probably had other people come in wanting that same, you know, item or whatever it is. Is there anything in particular that people are kind of clamoring for that you can that you see already out the gate? Uh, well, very specific things uh, that they're looking for. I haven't sold anything yet. I've had a couple of commission requests, um, which I I plan to fulfill. But I, like I said, I'm kind of uh, I kind of want to get my shop up and going. Uh, some things have fallen through. One of the guys that I was doing it for something happened with his kids, um, and I was gonna build him the uh, scene with the Balrog and. Uh, Gandalf on the bridge. Yeah. So it's definitely something that's it's going to happen, but uh, no money yet, and that's okay with me because this is mostly mostly something for my mental health and something I need to be able to uh, yeah. do on my own as well. But um, so, a lot of things that people are looking for it can be very specific to their campaign, right? Like right now, I know you guys don't have a video for this, but I have a alien diorama that I'm doing. Uh, I did a dune setup uh, with lights in the background and uh, an effect to make it look like spices within the caverns. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, we are going to uh, share and, some of your, uh, stuff too yeah, on, on Instagram social media feeds yeah. when we post up the pictures as well so if there's a particular run of stuff that you want us to remote don't you know, if you want to say like oh, I want these five for sure or whatever you don't like feel free to shoot that to me in a message but we're definitely gonna put it out there as well on the show feeds yeah and and the other the other thing I would say is I want to be able to work like a tattoo artist can so I don't want it to be specifically this is all I'll do or I want to be able to work with somebody, and if it just doesn't work out, be, right, then, right, I hear you. Yeah, no, that I like that approach because if you're gonna, it's almost kind of like prostituting yourself out, quite frankly. Right. You know, if you're not invested into what you're doing, yeah. the product's not going to come out. Well, as, when you start well treating it, when you start treating it like a job, it's not a personal <laughs> thing either. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, exactly, and it, you know, it adds. I want people to come from uh, to me for stylized versions of they see my style they know a roundabout version of what they're gonna get and I, I like a lot of nasty icky goopy I like right now I'm printing two uh, skeletons to go on a crucifix if that'll tell you anything. <laughs> there you go uh, that's cool but uh, Diablo style. yeah so I mean really for me I mean I'm shit I can do nice stuff too i built my mom a hobbit hole that lights up has candle flame in in the middle of it with a road leading up so you made your mom the little custom hobbit set right the little uh what is it 
I guess it's their home, right, in the hillside? Is that what yeah, you the Hobbit hole, and I, uh, I put... It's simple stuff that you, you find on a daily basis. Most of my stuff that I get for additional, like, flair, especially for, like, sci-fi stuff, is you get the, you go and get kids' toys from the Dollar Tree. Yeah. And you integrate those and alter them to whatever you want, and they turn them into a completely different thing. Right. So, like, I had a... For pumpkins during Halloween time, they have, like, a light-up... Or they have a light that flickers... And that served as the flickering light within the actual Hobbit hole itself. And then, I mean, shit, man. I I use sticks from out in my backyard to make the small fence for uh, awesome. the Hobbit to protect his garden. And I mean, if he, the tree that I made, um, I got a model tree, but I added, uh, you know, kind of the cheap shit that you find in the bottom of like old granny houses where it's like that viney looking shit but it's it comes in like plush bags of vegetation yeah, that's right, all right, fake. Right, it's like a moss kind they of they use that stuff. to make it look like roots are coming out of the bottom of the tree and cover it with dirt and yeah. make it you know sully it up a little it, bit give it some real life texture to it and look it's experimental and and different and Nobody's going to be able to make the same thing twice. Right. It's unique. It's a piece of art. Yeah. What would you uh, say so far, especially since you've gotten back into the D&D stuff and, and so on and so forth, like what is one of the more entertaining experiences that you've had as a result of this? Is there a particular campaign, a particular story? Did something like ridiculously absurd happen that was just laugh out loud funny, especially to an outsider like me or... It can be more rewarding. It doesn't have to be necessarily hilarious. Uh, okay, so the funniest thing that's happened in recent, recent-ish history, I get my wife to play with us, uh, and she she liked it. She's not, she's not in as, as invested in it as I am, which is fine. That's, she's got to find her own thing. Uh, but we're playing with this group, and this is right whenever I first started back up. And she hates whenever I tell the story, so I gotta fucking tell it. Right? <laughs> uh, That's how we do. So <laughs> they're in the witch's castle coming out. <laughs> uh, they're they're going up to this uh, this witch's shack to make a deal with this witch, right? And they're they're not seeing anybody. They go into the house because there's no answer, and they're looking around some chickens on the side and it's like your standard fare for witches, right? There's jars with like fingernails and like, uh, icky slime that's moving around almost like it's animated or could it be? And then there's a big barrel, uh, in the center that has a bunch of sticky black ichor in it. And for whatever reason, they turn all of their fucking focus on this barrel. Not, where's the witch? Not nothing. They're like, oh my God, it's got to be evil. There's a sticky uh, icker that looks like the, some of the orange chicken you get from fucking Panda Express. Uh, and they, they're like, well, don't touch it. And they're like, my wife was, her character, I forget even what she was playing at the time. But she, her character's like, hey, I got an idea. We can see if it's dangerous if we take one of these chickens. And she takes the chicken and dunks his head in. Uh, She specifically talks about how she dunked its head in. I was like, okay. She's like, what happens? I go, "Uh, the chicken is still 
uh, in the Icker right now and is currently flailing about. <laughs> I remove I remove the chicken from the Icker. And she's like, what's happening now? I'm like, the chicken is like choking on the Icker because you've just shoved it into this big barrel. And she, without hesitation, she goes, I'm going to throw it at the wall to try and break its neck. And she fucking kills this innocent chicken. It was like a mercy who kill. Has done, yeah. Who has done zero things wrong. Zero oh things wrong. Oh, my God. And, and that, with her throwing that chicken up against the wall, is what got the witch's attention to come down and ask why they were fucking with their shit. <laughs> so, so that, to me, things like that, funny moments. I like to add comedy into my stuff just like we add comedy into anything. Right. Uh, but I also like to put some grounded moments in there where it's it, it's true to life and makes people think. Uh, last thing I'll mention if I have time. Yeah. Uh, is uh, my buddy was going through a uh, divorce, uh, and it, ju- it just had happened. They both played D and D with me, right? Yeah. So she decided that she wasn't going to play anymore because they were going through this divorce. Uh, understandable. I get it. Right. Uh, and I'm not going to say any names because it's, it's not fair to him, but they, so that happens. And she was an integral part of the story. Um, she was a, she was a very big role. And at that time we only had like four people playing. Um, she had a, a model made for her. She sent it to me and then, uh, you know, it was all painted and everything. So she left, uh, I had to find a way to melt that into the story to mean something to that individual. And whether it be, whether I could try and give that individual some, uh, some peace a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and, and make them kind of confront what they were going through and also kind of reach inward. Now, don't get me wrong. I was nervous as fuck to do it, but I, I think things like that in D&D are the reason why I play because it it gets you thinking outside the box and gets you in tune with this character that you are not. You're right. not this person. And you get to see the things that they're going through and translate them into your own life. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a portal into their right. essence, right. if you will. It's or... a detachment from reality, you know what yeah. I mean? I agree. Well, I, I definitely wasn't expecting from the, the cat the chicken bashing to the, the soul searching. <laughs> a tongue change. It's therapeutic, man. It's, That's cool. I'm glad and, you found There's fun. a whole lot of people that are super kind to each other. And we all, anybody that's into d and I'm sure watches Critical Role. It's a huge show. Uh, they made it very popular uh, for people who have never played or people that have thought about suicide and uh, and and turn their lives around just by the actions of characters that they aren't even actually in real life. Right. And and just go further on that suicide uh, thing. I, yeah. As Barrett and Josh know, my own father took his life. I just wanted to bring up uh, a St. Louis project that's it, it's an awesome awesome thing that they're doing. It's called Project Wake Up. It's about suicide awareness in St. Louis. They make these badass fucking T-shirts with uh, St. Louis with the semicolon for the period. Oh, that's cool. Oh, dude. Uh, 
check them out. They're they're fucking awesome. They do some great work, and they'll probably help somebody out there uh, that's going through the same thing. We'll have to post their uh, socials too. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's a very huge deal. So um, yeah, I didn't know that. No, Barrett didn't, didn't expect that I was gonna. Uh, name drop those guys but i i think that it's that's super a, important especially for everybody that listens hell yeah, yeah absolutely 100 percent. so uh we uh kind of covered most of my questions did josh did you have any other questions for brandon so basically you're you said you're gonna start your etsy shop is there anywhere else that anybody can you know get a hold of you at other than just that like i know we kind of went over that but yeah, uh, unfortunately, I'm not a marketing major, so my, <laughs> uh, what I tried to do is add my dad's name into it because that's a character that I I play in D&D that I played several times. Uh, it's called Edda's Imperious Emporium. Um, I can spell it out or Barry can put it on Instagram. Yeah, I'll I'd probably it, be better I'll than he does that because uh, this yeah, is a sure. very long thing. Yeah, 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 we'll get it out we'll there. We'll definitely get it out there so people can follow your work as well as... Let's get in touch with you if they need to. Yeah, right? and, you know, kind of the... I didn't even expect the community aspect of this that you kind of detailed today, so it'll give people the opportunity, actually, if, if, if there's somebody that's perhaps, like, a little bit further down the line in their interests, but they're wanting to do some of the same things that you're doing, you can kind of be that catalyst, that mentor to them to kind of help, you know, give them recommendations too, the same recommendations that you're getting, so and pay it forward. So I think it's a good hey, opportunity. Man, most definitely. If anybody wants any work done or ever needs advice or anything like that, I love my work. Uh, you know, a lot of people say that it could be better, it could be better. I, I'm satisfied for the most part with my work, and I think that people should uh, always strive to be better, but uh, you just need to do it because it – it was on my radar for about a year that I could have been doing it, and I should have done it, and sure. I just didn't do it because I didn't think I had the creative mind for it. So right, uh, just had to get those wheels turned in, those juices flowing again. Yeah, all them, all them semen bugs. <laughs> Mom used to call them a semen bugs. You, they're icky, gross. You talk about those them. little pills you get in the the bottoms of your tooth socks because <laughs> you was wanking off into them all the time. She'd do your laundry. Yeah, man. No, hey, I heard that it's a cure for COVID, too. I went on Alex Jones' website. Stiff side. And it said, smear yourself in certified <laughs> semen. By Alex, Alex Jones' stiff, stiff socks. That's yeah, you got to buy the stiff socks. Oh, you got to buy the stiff socks. <laughs> put it on your wiener. Make sure your dick's nice and hard. If you can't get hard, at least you got the sock uh, that's hard. So, yeah, man, you... You really just got to think about what the type of information that you're pulling in. Don't get that fucking vaccine, man. <laughs> yeah, right. Of course. Mm-mm. Nope. So, so we also mentioned in the midst of this as well that kind of movies is some of the inspiration. So we actually want Brandon to come back on the other side of break with us. And uh, we wanted to talk about the Batman. So you want to stick around for that, Brandon? Hell yeah, man. I'm always down to talk about Batman. All right. Stick around. We'll be back on the other side. hits and headlines there's like a lot of sports developments that happened even like right before we started recording on the show so like the mlb Dude. the players association and the mlb got back together there's a chance barrett 
Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright. They can break that record, baby. There's a chance. Absolutely. I, th- I think I saw that they they had met and come to terms. That's right. I it's a tentative I, agreement, yeah. but I think both sides still have to sign, if I read correctly. Yes, yes. But every, I, th- I don't think that they'd be as far committed into it. Like, I don't... It's a it's a done deal in the sense that yes they haven't put the pen to paper right at least before we started recording right. but like even the Cardinals posted up a, a baseball's back yeah, yeah they already put up opening day right so I opening just, day for the Cardinals is the I eighth. don't think the MLB as an organization really understands what kind of damage of not having a of baseball season in St Louis would do to the the local economy in St Louis that would be detrimental yeah that would that would kill Louis. it. The bars, the restaurants, you know, not having the Cardinals game and bringing in the crowds. I mean, that that would just be, I mean, awful. So I'm glad that they got something figured out. I mean, the Cardinals even bring in people intercontinentally as far as travel. Right, travel they're one of the like, most renowned baseball teams in the world, man. So. Baseball well, you heaven. got George Soros sitting up there on his high rocket trying to delve out baseball news. I got you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Ward off those evil spirits of, of George Soros. <laughs> Uh, so a kind of other stuff, kind of sports-wise, that happened too. We've got a lot of people getting traded today, specifically, or in the last day or so. Are you talking football-wise? Uh, yeah, football. Yeah, football is crazy right so now. So Russell Wilson got traded to the Broncos, which the Broncos, Brandon, you felt followed pretty religiously there, especially while you lived in Denver. So that's quite of an inter- interesting deal. Uh, yeah, that's a, especially since they beat the Broncos. It's he is the first quarterback the to get traded to the team that he beat in the Super Bowl ever. That's pretty. It's wild. hard to believe so that's crazy. never happened. But yeah. that's a hard. Yeah, that's hard to believe the statistic. That's crazy. So that's pretty crazy. And then Carson Wentz got uh, traded to Washington, right? Yeah, from the Colts to the Commanders now. It's no yeah. longer the Washington football. I team. almost said it. Yeah. yeah, I almost said. It. I almost <laughs> went old school, but yeah. Hey, here's my here's my only thing, man. Like. Who's the dipshit that's coming up with some of these names? Like <laughs> the Washington Commanders? They were stupid enough to like announce like what the final names were in the running, but then they posted like a, a list of like ten. Like the generals was an option, and they had some other ones like Air Force Tat. I don't know. They were just like some egregiously silly names, right? And a lot of people were the like Washington Worthers. And to, to remain the Washington football team, I believe, was an option still yet. Right. Even, like, is if they were even entertaining that. It's like, why would you go through that much just to remain with the same name? Like, it, at that point, it would just be a publicity stunt, right? Right. So, but yeah, it's a stupid fucking name. There's no, no question about it. Uh, Aaron yeah. Rodgers is going to be back with the Packers next year. Yeah, they locked that deal up, So that they? that is absolutely... I wonder what Tampa Bay is going to do now. That's the question. Yeah. So there is some people that are going to be on the free agent market that, you know, like there's a lot of people that are going to be cut also right? for cap reasons and all that stuff. So right. like there's tons of movement still yet going to happen. Right. It's early, right? The other big thing in the NFL is Jerry Jones. So back to Texas. Oh, God. You see what's oh, happening yeah, man. I just saw that. Illegitimate that's daughter that's 25 is years she, old. She's taking him to court over it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. He made her mom sign an NDA supposedly in 1996. Oh, man. So he is being sued Dude, by her so, currently. So I heard something else on Breitbart. Uh, Jerry Jones <laughs> is undead, and the law protects the undead because it's only supposed to be for the living. <laughs> there you go. Uh, fucking Skeletor over there. Motherfucker's going to get out of this again. Oily. And it's 
sorry, Dallas, but you suck. <laughs> you suck. You're so boring. I've been twice, and every time it's like fucking ghost town, man. I walk in there, and I'm like looking around. There's nobody on the road. Everywhere but Dallas. Like Fort Worth is where it's happening. Fuck you, Dallas. Yeah. Fuck you. As an Eagles fan, I love to hear you say that. that yeah, makes keep, me yeah. keep all the dollars. Dallas is boring. <laughs> boring as shit. They don't have a D&D shop. Fort Worth does. Boom. <laughs> so, uh, also, obviously, the whole Russian and Ukraine things developing out further. So, like, the new wonderful thing in the last 24 hours is supposedly that now Russia's trying to frame their invasion and validate it with bio weapons being developed with U.S. money yeah. in the Ukraine. And, and they don't want, yeah. These are war crimes, and the, the they're trying to get all this backing now for and support. And the little slut that Tucker Carlson is for Putin's asshole, uh, is literally last night on his broadcast perpetuated Russian propaganda of a general making these claims and aired it and then also went on to, I guess, try to approve it by a hearing that they had in Congress where this representative uh, for the Ukraine delegation allegedly was like... They the lady the in the green dress. I've seen yeah. that video all over. She was Twitter. explicitly asked, like, is there, you know, bioweapons being developed or whatever the case is? And she says that there's a, a biological refer- research facility in the Ukraine that does get U.S. aid, but what its purpose is is to investigate things like SARS and try to understand and in anthrax and so on and so forth, how to deal with these things and how to or even come how to up defend, with vaccines and or defend how to against defend them. against them, right. Exactly yeah. Right. That's so like, what the whole point of research facilities are. <laughs> but it was reported in a sense in this is always how you frame it. So essentially what Tucker Carlson was going on for seventeen minutes about specifically on this, he was like cyclically having an argument about semantics. Yeah. Essentially. Pretty much, yeah. And so, you know, obviously people with any decent amount level of intelligence would be able to see that and understand that. Uh, but unfortunately, yeah. I, I'm... I've well, he's been, got prep school written all over him, man. And there's nothing <laughs> that, a Ru- or that a Russian president doesn't like more than bending over a prep school. It's... Highbrow. Yeah, it's amazing to me, hair, like, how... bow-tied. Pro-Russian. Mm. <laughs> Uh, mm. People in our government Slap that come in the in the news media, as well. Put some borscht on it. And uh, <laughs> the, also, the UK put sanctions on a Russian oligarch who actually owns the Chelsea Football Club in the Premier League. Yeah. Today, mm-hmm. also. I saw that or too. Here in the last twenty-four hours or so. I think one of them lost their yacht in the Netherlands. Yes. Yes. That was seized. And then, of course, the all the. Unfortunate things that are happening, of course, with the, you know, the actual humanitarian corridors that are being developed and supposed to have ceasefires. And they're being and they're shelled. Being shelled and, and rocket you know, attacks sort of and crap. everything else. So we went into the weeds about the Ukraine yesterday, or last episode, excuse me, and, and, and why really what's going on there is going on there. So don't don't listen to Tucker Carlson if you can, you know, help yourself. Educate yourself with that. And, and no, you know. Know that Russia is controlling the media and everything that's coming out of Russia. The Putin regime has controlled the media in Russia for the last 20 years. Absolutely. Yeah, and I I say listen to Tucker Carlson and uh, get a good idea. I've told Barrett, and I believe Josh several times, whenever I went back to Missouri for training to be an investigator, 
I went back and for three months straight, I listened to Rush Limbaugh. Sure, listen to him. But that's just to know exactly what the people of the wrong thought are thinking right, on, right. Set, on that set of things. It's part of being the educated. perpetual hate that they, they spill out. You can't have a rounded opinion without knowing everything. Exactly right. right. Unless you are taking the time to know what the other side of the argument is. Yep. You know, and even if you hear something that sounds like it could be credible to you, like I can't encourage people enough. I understand anything and everything can be put out there nowadays, but just like go to Google and like just Google it. Or even Wikipedia or something. Yeah. Read, you know, five to seven different sources. And I'm not saying read them all in great detail. Like maybe read the first three in great detail and then skim, you know, the ancillary choices that you made. Like, you know, just just try to see what the conversation's about, what the citations are, where the facts are at. Uh, Eat the rich. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we actually wanted to talk about some other lighter topics, though. So like movies, TVs, and games. So we're going to rifle that Batman talk in here. We've all seen it. This is going to be spoiler-filled. So Yeah, so if you guys don't want spoilers, make sure you pause here. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, I'd say we're going to talk a good five to ten minutes about that. So you can skip ahead if you don't want to hear anything about it. Uh, but first and foremost, what's your immediate reaction, Brandon, to the film? Well, first of all, I want to tell film? everybody in the audience, make sure what you do is you pause it if you haven't already. Break your phone, because the government's listening. <laughs> Go get a new phone. Turn that on. Activate it. By that time, the episode's over. You don't have to worry about it. Sound like a real asshole uh, from Texas. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I've had... Yeah. Uh, so I've had... I have had some time to think about it, because I watched it on this past Sunday. Same. Yeah. Uh, I like the movie a lot. Uh, and I would be differing a little bit. I think that he's a fantastic Batman. I think that this is exactly what he'd be going through. It'd be a mental health thing. I know people take it as whiny, but your parents were killed. It's been two years. You don't know anything different. Well, you know, and this is a pretty, this. pretty young Batman too, right? I mean, he's supposed yeah. to be 30 and yeah, I think it isn't the time gap 20 years. Yeah. So it happens when he's 10. And I think there's like a mental health conversation in there. So I'm not upset with that. Bad yeah. guys were awesome. I heard somebody said Penguin was a uh, was laughable and stupid. I was like, I don't know what the fuck really? kind of thing you're yeah, talking about because I thought that the villains were perfect. That's what made uh, the, the movie, only, right? Yeah, and and the only thing that I were, could really say for me personally is that it's a little bit too drawn out. There were some things that they could have cut out of there uh, that weren't necessary, and I understand that he was trying to go for a mood. Right. Uh, but I wasn't disappointed. And to be honest with you, I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. Or maybe I'll get the other thing. Uh, I think it was as good as Batman Begins. Uh, Batman Begins, for me, great movie. But I think that you see Nolan's work shine in the second uh, second film. Absolutely. And it, and it you know, kind of goes back to that in the third film of the, of the first, which is perfectly fine. I've learned... Unless something is complete dog shit, don't completely knock on it uh, all together. Uh, I think that it definitely had some horror elements that I loved. Right. Fucking loved. The very beginning of that movie, I looked over at Liz after he was talking about uh, how people think that he's always in the shadows. That is the fucking, that's the fucking crow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the shit, man. Like, I fucking love that shit. Yeah. 
Um, so kind of like some yeah. vibes I was getting off of it as a movie overall, like where where it borrowed but didn't outright steal from. Like, you know, like Seven, Chinatown, kind of some of the beatish cop investigative type aspects of it. For sure. Um, as well as Zodiac. Yeah. So Zodiac. That, that we was, made that yeah. comparison the other day off air when we talked. It yeah. certainly had a Zodiac feel to it. Uh, the lighting treatments, how procedurally people moved on the screen. It was very, it felt very real, very accurate on how a crime yeah. scene would look, how any other crime, gritty crime movie would be. So this 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 movie, I think where it shined is the te- detective aspect and elements of right. Batman that hasn't really been explored. The expert detective type. I've heard people like, say like the Nolan Batman movies yeah. don't age well because it was like in a military approach, like a military assault, which I'm like, yeah. I mean, I don't understand how that's a criticism because that's how he humanized Batman. Right. That's how Batman became a reality in the sense that like, you know, the fantastical things of the Schumacher Batmans and those sorts of things. Are, you know? they're absurd, are these they're the keeping. type of things that they're bitching about? And probably those motherfuckers love Iron Man. So <laughs> right. Iron Man was a weapons dealer. Right. right. He was fucking, he was literally like all these terrible companies right. in our, in our country. That profiting these off of war. Right. <laughs> like, Absolutely. So, you know, and then the, the thing that I'm having a problem with Josh and I were talking about before we started recording today, like there's a conversation going on right now too. You know, you, there's always, you know, everybody's always going to, like, for, this is an easy analogy to make just right out the gate. You know, if you grew up on Ozzie Smith or Martin McGuire or Albert Pujols, those will always be the best Cardinals ever to you. Right. You can't relate and say, stay in the man, while, you know, statistically and factually, as far as I'm concerned, but neither here nor there, is probably considered the greatest Cardinal, right? It's like it's almost like you've had to have lived through and experienced those things right. as well, and people have such short-term memories now. But you know, yeah. the, in many respects, the Burton films did set the bar for comic book movies and Batman movies in particular, and they're great yeah. and I love them. But but they're they're their own thing. They are their own thing. It's yeah. That's and, I think people try to compare too much instead right. of letting stuff just be what it is and you that, know what that i mean is definitely fucking, the short of the fucking point. a josh you couldn't say it better man <laughs> hey find a fucking hobby <laughs> right. hey find a hobby besides being a troll and talking about writing this stupid ass article i saw the other day on yahoo that was from some low-level beatnik piece of shit uh that was like hey so here's a conversation to have is uh is uh, Matt Reeves basically saying that it's okay for uh, people to commit crimes on Asian people? Because the first guy that was there, is he trying to perpetuate a national uh, discussion about the violence against Asians? Let me tell you something. I'm pretty sure what I you've saw done people of all ethnic created, backgrounds being beat. <laughs> right. It, yeah, what that you, what you've created is divisiveness. Right. What you're trying to do is pit people against each other, and you are bringing up shit like that. Right. right. Nobody else is bringing up shit like that. Right. You can't just see this man for being a man that was being attacked by muggers. You have to turn into a, something else. Leave the fucking shit alone, man. Yep. Back off. Yeah. I'm pretty, making it I'm pretty sure that Batman's hands are rated E, and that's for, for everybody. Yeah. Fuck yeah, so, man. Fuck yeah. And he, he beats the shit out of everybody. In fact, <laughs> even he, little Batman. He beat 
more white people in that movie if you're going to take account, probably. Oh, no. And, you know. and I'm talking about the scene where the gang was... Right. Gang I know what you're the, talking about. Yeah, the, the Asian guy. Scene. And I'm right. like, yeah, yeah, he's Asian, but I don't... And even if he was trying to make a national discussion, like, what it? Calm the fuck down, man. I understand yeah. you're trying to make clickbait. Nobody sure. gives a fuck about you, and your parents probably hated you too. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Without question. Without question. I think that, uh, you know, the Nolan Dark Knight movie, it, it, I think the only criticism I got when it came out was the fact that it was kind of a, it is a rip-off of Heat, Michael Mann's Heat, as far as structurally and how it moves uh, editing-wise. Yeah. But it is its own, own movie, don't get me wrong, and there's a bit of a yeah. heist element to it as well. Um, but... Well, Heath played a big role in making but that Heath movie. But Heath Ledger's performance, right. right. And don't, you know, there was a, a lot of other great performances right. as well. Right. Michael Caine, the depth that his character added as Michael Alfred. Kine. I think he's Michael over, Kine. often, yeah, he's always, like, overlooked when you talk about the Nolan movies. Right. And then uh, the guy who played Two-Face, Aaron Eckhart, he yeah. was fantastic. Yep. Even though. I like his apples, man. Yeah, his Adam's apple definitely kind of added to that. Uh, I like his apples. Eckhart's is... Yeah, Eckhart's is the best apples and the best mm-hmm. pumpkins. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but yeah, so th- this is its own thing. They're doing something different. I have no problem with it. I have a few problems, but they're honestly, they're nitpicky. Um, you know, I think I, I don't really know what I was expecting when I went into it. It definitely delivered differently on my expectations, but that's not necessarily a bad right. thing. Yeah. Yeah, you know? it definitely did with mine too. I mean, I watched it. I was away from my family. My wife had my baby. I was, uh, you know, COVID rampant. And all I had was my Batman trailer. And I watched that thing probably 600,000 times, just like I did with Dark Knight, uh, Dark Knight with me and Barrett. Yeah. We watched that fucking thing all the fucking time. I'll be drunk watching that shit. On repeat. Yeah. So it's like me with the only. So I, I set myself up for failure. The only other thing I'd say, man, we didn't have to bring up the Joker, but right after listening to what uh, Barrett and Josh said about that Matt Reeves interview about how he's just trying to show that this isn't Batman's movie. Right. This is the Rogues Gallery's movie. Right. We get to see how all of these other crazy people were inspired by Batman. To be their fucking wildest people. He's not even the Joker yet. Right. It's it's preemptive, right? Their character building and their rogues gallery building, like you said, but it's it's more of an origin story for the villains in particular, in many respects. Which well, I'm fine with because and it's set in that, the movies have never been approached that way, though. And it's set in that tone, too. You know how they'll interact with each other. You know what I mean? And, how, you know, why they are the way that they are with each other. I think that's a. I think that'll be an interesting thing to see going forward. I did like the yep. different approach to the Riddler. Uh, there's only been, like, maybe one or two other similar... I, he's a criminal, nonetheless. He's been very presented very comedically at times. He he really ought to be a character that is of superior intelligence. Like, he is supposed to be Batman's match, wit-wise, largely, as far as... His, that's, that's his trading... His calling card is trademark of the Batman villains in that respect. 
And I did. I yeah. do feel like that they were true to that with this Riddler. You know. Oh like, fuck yeah! One of the only serial killers, a prolific serial killers, out there that was never caught. Right. I mean, until recently, they think that they that it was this particular individual. I mean, he ran circles in the press, right? Around cops, around. I mean, the Zodiac killer. Yeah, yeah the Zodiac killer, man. It. Yeah, and so that's the I big inspiration that just for the fit character. perfectly. It's, it's like a puzzle piece it. that you've been yeah. missing the whole time and finally click that bitch in. Yeah. What I I felt like the marketing was really good but overlooked, but again it's like things are just starting to come back from COVID entertainment wise. But like you know, the the movie posters that they even had out where it was like the Riddler, it was kind of reminiscent of the old Joker posters as well, but the like the yeah. Riddler was standing there and with his silhouette in the background, and it looked it looked like a like a horror movie. That right. Then that's see. that's one thing that I will compliment that's the movie is it felt like a really like um, really good like true esque or true crime esque you know right. like uh, hunt for a serial killer like thriller type movie along with being yeah. like a co- you know like a comic book superhero film. So I really loved that. I thought that was great. Right. Yeah, I thought that aspect was it was pretty fucking sweet. It was a crime movie. It was a detective story set in a comic book world. It was awesome, movie. yeah. And I, I was fine yep. with that. Um, I think I'd like it more, too. I know that there's... I love movie theaters, right? I love movie theaters. Like I love going to the movie theater. Here's my problem. You want people to keep on going to the movie theater. Our movie was at 1210. Our movie... Did not start until twelve fifty. Oh yeah, right. there were forty minutes yeah, yeah. of fucking credits that right. we had to sit through, and I can do that at fucking home. Right. Actually, right. I don't even have to wade through that fucking bullshit. Right. right. Instead, you've ruined the mood already. Yeah, I will agree. Yeah, yeah that was... we saw one at the local theater, and the credits were, I mean, insane. There was dude. a good. It's already a three-hour movie, and there was already there was at least thirty minutes of credits that I watched, and. So, like, especially if you're going to take your son, a small child, to the theater. Yeah. There's no way you're sitting through a three-hour movie. Right. Like, no. I can barely I sit through a three-hour movie. Right. I can't even That do. is my number one complaint with the movie is I felt like there was a lot of stuff that was, like, cinemat- like you know, cinematography, and it was, like, more just, like, unnecessary shots and awkward stares and, like, zoom outs and stuff. I felt like a lot of that could have necessarily not been in the film to maybe make it not so drawn out. Yeah, there were some things and that did linger And I know he was trying bit. to do it for the mood. Right. right. Absolutely. I know he was trying to do it for the he was, mood. He but... was trying to world build, right. essentially. Yeah. And, and I get, I totally get it, man. But I would have been down for a one part, two part thing yeah. that comes out later in the. Sure. I've seen it. What movie was that where the first part came? Was it Star Wars? I can't remember. First part comes out at the very beginning of the year, and then the end part comes out at the very end of the year. So there was a Anyways, couple. TV shows have been doing it for yeah, a while. Yeah, there was a couple movies that did that, but more famously, more recently, that was the Infinity Saga. So it was Infinity War and Endgame. Fucking do that, yeah. man. I'll do that. I'm going to watch yeah, those shooting episodes. Yeah. Well, he originally had a four-hour cut of the movie, so it would be essentially the same thing because, like, you know, that'd be a two two-hour approaches with it. And man, I would love that. It. You know, I think that people, it's hard, It's really hard to ask people to watch it. I watched it, and I had no problem watching it, with the exception of the bathroom and the thirty minutes of trailer. But it's hard to ask people nowadays to watch a movie, especially at the theater. For three hours long. That's just a big ask. Yeah. You know? It's just, it's difficult sometimes. I mean, I would do it if it was at the Alamo Draft House. Unfortunately, I can't leave my seat whenever Batman's on. I'm not going to the bathroom. 
Yeah. <laughs> because well, there's something that could have slipped in there, like sure. tricky dicked in there. I knew that Arlo wasn't going to make it through the movie. I took Arlo with me. And so I looked up beforehand, like, where do you go to the bathroom at? And fortunately, they put out, like, five minutes of that funeral scene. So yeah. as soon as that started where I had seen it, where it picked up off, you're like, at, I knew that I could you're go You're like, come bathroom. on, buddy, let's go potty. So I, grabbed, <laughs> and I made him go. And we, went, and and we I made it back that, into our like, seat. They're going to slip. We made it back into our seat, and we still saw about 20 seconds of that funeral scene we had already seen. So That's cool. It worked out perfectly, beautifully. Yeah, I I saw that too, and I was like, man, they're gonna trick a dick something in there, man. Somebody's gonna get, somebody's gonna get a bone, or there's gonna be a soccer ball that's kicked across that I have to look at. There's there something. there was a couple that. things in that scene though I actually didn't notice until I seen it on the big screen. I don't know if it was because I watched it mostly on my phone when that clip come out, but there was like, yeah. y- you know, like the silhouette of the person standing at the top of the st- at the yeah. stairway yeah. in the cathedral. Yeah. Like I didn't notice that until yeah. we were at the movie theater. Yeah, which was the Riddler, right? Standing, right, right. So, yeah, I, I, I like the movie a lot. I'm looking forward to the next one. That is my review. I am, I'm very excited right. about where he's going with it. I think that it has very, it's got a shit ton of promise. Matt Reeves is a fucking genius. Uh, I'm he, with you. And though. Robert Pattinson is, is a literal jock. Uh, the artist translation of Batman. Right, right, right. He is a realized, actual skinny body Batman, and it makes sense. Yeah, he's kind of a jock. A Sean Murphy also has done yeah. a good skinnier Batman, but like comic book artist wise, they've taken a lot. Like the Bat and the Cat storyline recently, uh, there's literal scenes pulled from the comics that are in that. Yeah. But I know that a lot of the inspiration was like Batman Ego. Arkham. Uh, Arkham Asylum, Long Halloween, the, Batman Year One. Those yeah, and I just the got big. the new one, Batman Imposter, that I'm going to read. I haven't read that whatsoever. It's on Batman Black Label, or DC Black Label. Yeah. I'm actually really fucking excited. The artwork yeah, yeah. is... Top nine. Yeah, Did they make it for the movie? What? I mean, it's great. Yeah, I like... Well, remember whenever the Nolan uh, Dark Knight came out? And they put out that Joker novel. It was Brian Azzarello. Yep. And I, I don't remember if it was the same artist that did 100 Bullets. No, that was it was Lee, uh, I forget his last name, like Bar, Bar, Barajamo or something like that. But, Harvey Oswald. Yeah, Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> he, he, he rose from his prison cell and, and drew this beautiful piece of art. So anywho, but that Joker was a lot like the movie Joker presentation. And, yeah. that, and you've never seen the Joker depicted like that. You know, obviously more menacing with the facial scars in that way and and so on and so forth. But Snyder, or yeah, uh, not Zack Snyder, but Scott Snyder, the comic book writer, now with the Joker has done like where his face is cut off and he puts on other skin masks and stuff. And there was a lot of people speculating that that's where Matt Reeves was going to go with his Joker. But actually watching that interview that they talked about he he's approaching it from the sense that he has like a literal congenital disease where his face is contorted and yeah stuck in a smiling position constantly and he's had to live his life like that and it's actual physical deformity that's caused him to be the way he is and and added to the psychosis right he's causing so much pain that he's makes it the selling point of his fear and he lacks empathy and things right on account of it so 
I think that's an entirely new approach as well. And it's fucking terrifying. It's, <laughs> and they've got it's uh, fucking terrifying. That shot of him through the the cell, yeah, the cell door or whatever. That that loved that whole that whole shot. The problem I had with it when we immediately watched it, and I think we talked about it a little bit as well, is the fact that like you couldn't tell what was going on. A lot of people were confused. People thought that that was Two Face at right. first, but whenever there was a joke made with reference to a clown and this and that, then it became a little bit more evident. And then uh, Barry Cogan, who was hired for the film initially, they trolled everybody and said he was a detective. Well, you went the whole movie and didn't see him as a detective in the movie. You're like, where the fuck is this guy? And then I heard that voice, and I'm like, I know uh, that voice, yeah, and I know yeah. i just seen it. <laughs> Started clicking. Something, and he was fucking, in The Internals. That kid's fucking awesome. And he's a great actor. He was in The Internals. He was in Green Knight. He was fantastic in Green Knight. I have not watched My favorite years. thing... My favorite thing that he's ever done is Killing of a Sacred Deer. Killing of a Sacred Deer. That fucking movie. He's psychotic. Talk about, talk about a psychotic little fuck. Yeah. <laughs> that kid. He's going to be able to... Is... Well, he was that... He was not the exact same character, but he was a psychotic little fuck in Green Knight, too. Like, he was running out on the yeah. battlefields and, like, scavenging all those bodies and then he, like, tricked the knight in the field. <laughs> like, the motherfucker that's, was fucked That's still up. a great movie that I'm always going to remember oh, for hell the rest yeah. of my life. So, I think... He will be a good Joker. We haven't seen the, you know, it being fleshed out yet in its full, you know, garb. And this is an introduction of the character at the moment. Uh, I saw that they were, like, rumoring that Anna Taylor-Joy or Anna Joy Taylor, whatever her name is, is being rumored for uh, Harley Quinn Hmm. for the movie. Interesting. Going forward, so that would be kind of interesting. And then, like, I think that... I know Matt Reeves wants to... He's expressed interest in bringing in his version of Mr. Freeze, which I'd be curious to see what his approach is with that because every every approach with all of his, you know, with the villains has seemed marginally different, but I've enjoyed. So, like, Riddler, what he's talking about doing with the Joker, it'd be cool to see what he does with Mr. Freeze. But they really want to do the Court of Owls, which I'm really excited about if they do. That'll be something cool to see. And that goes back to uh, Scott Snyder, the writer, as well. Matt Reeves, I know you listen to this podcast. Listen, yeah. up. <laughs> listen up, man. Take our advice. Hey, we all know that you like to listen to Midwest podcast radio. So hear me out. Port Owls. <laughs> Gotta happen. I'll give you a handy. I'll give you one handy. <laughs> one handy. All right? Uh, Let's do it, man. Make it happen. So Batman, on a scale of 1 to 10, where would you rate it at, Brandon? I always hate when people ask give- this question, but... <laughs> Yeah, I, I did too, but, uh, you know, it's fine because we were in the company of friends. I'll say seven. I'll say a seven. I, uh, I love his approach. I love what he's going, uh, where he's going with it. Do your thing, man. I leave it in your hands. And if this version isn't my favorite version, no big deal. I still think he, he's trying, and I think he's got a good fucking vision for it. Yeah, I'm with you, Brandon. Uh, I'm going to go I'm gonna go a seven, and I think the next – I'm going to go with what you said, and I think the next film is going to make or break Matt Reeves' Batman. Yeah. I I think I could go as, as confidently as an 8 out of 10 for me. I think I probably talked about it more beforehand, but I've, I've had a little bit more time to think about it. Yeah, I was just kind yeah. of nitpicking at it, quite frankly. Yeah, One I thing mean, we didn't mention I, about the yeah. movie that has to be mentioned is the Batmobile, though. Oh, yes. The Batmobile okay. is exceptional. You mean one of the Cat best Woman. parts about the entire movie? Yes. Yes. In, yes. yes. The Batmobile is literally terrifying. And it is the, it's the what the Batmobile always needed to be, honestly. The most uh, 
the most broken down Batmobile on the planet. And whenever that moment, every, I'm sure people will talk shit about it, but that moment the penguin looks over and that, and that engine is roaring. And, and the lights are like, off. Buddy, I'm fucking scared for you. Yeah. You're that fucked. scene was yeah, so insane. You were right man. over his shoulder, and it looked like a monster in the dark watching out. Boom. Yeah, that was him. awesome. It was incredible. Oh, it was, I was talking so to another buddy, and he, he, he likened it to Mad Max, and I didn't even make that correlation, yeah. that mobile. And I was like, you know what? That is totally a Mad Max car. Like, that's, that's pretty oh. badass. <laughs> Perfect. So, and then Catwoman, of course. She did great. She is And the whole spin that they had with her story and stuff. Mighty fine. Yeah. Mighty fine. You are are the best cat woman. Not only because you're very attractive, ma'am, and I I really appreciate you, and your beauty is translated through your acting. But (laughs) I will say costume, mannerisms. Yeah, costume costume was awesome. All fucking spot. She's exactly... Attitudely, backstory. What I mean, I'm not saying it's 100 percent faithful to the comics. Her backstory, it's fine. She mm-hmm. mood wise, character wise, you know, the moves that she did, like in physical altercations, was believable. It's something that somebody oh, yeah. her size would do. A lot of kicks, a lot of joint manipulation. Like whenever you're much smaller than the opponents or the people that you're facing, like she was. Everything she did was believable. Right, I agree. Perfect. She was another perfect part of the movie. Villains, perfect. Yep. I don't care Colin what you Farrell say about Penguin, man. Go was phenomenal. Yourself. That man is Colin Farrell. He's Absolutely. great. one of the greatest actors Paul of Dana. all time. And he's sexy. Fantastic. Jeffrey Paul Wright. Too. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Wright. Wright. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Gordon. Yep. It was wonderful. Boom, boom. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, well, the thing I think I'm most excited to see with the next, well, not the most, but certainly part of it, is more Andy Serkis. Yeah, as Alfred, because I feel yeah. like he didn't get much time as him in the movie. Yeah, so. I agree. I I think that he did an excellent job as well. So, but the Batman did uh, two two hundred fifty million worldwide on opening weekend. That's, that's like, like one of the best. Yeah. That's, that's like the, one of the best box offices since the pandemic, right? It's the second best, only to Spider Man. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty incredible and great numbers. Uh, other thing DC related, I saw today that Flash and Aquaman got moved back to next year, so I'm a little bit disappointed about that. I was really looking forward to that. Uh, Flash, yeah, in so particular. did Black Adam. Black Adam, yeah, they all did. Black Adam got moved from this summer to October, though of this year, I think. Yeah. And then, yeah. but Shazam, the second Shazam, got moved up to December, so that'll come out right before Christmas now. That'd be nice. It's supposed to come out next year. Yeah. And then. Uh, I don't give a shit about this, but it was a trailer before I watched the Batman. It's Super Pets, and Arlo wants to see that. That got moved back, too. I'll watch it. Uh, The one thing that does look kind of funny is Keanu Reeves is doing Batman's voice. Yeah. They actually have a clip. I think it is pretty funny. Yeah. And then Kevin Uh, Hart's his dog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's just such an odd pairing. I'll take take all of it, man. Hey, my, my little one, not that anybody on here cares besides Barrett and Josh, but... Uh, my little one started doing this thing. He's got a Batman talent. He goes, Batman. <laughs> yeah, I was awesome. like, yeah, you do that Christopher Nolan Batman, man. <laughs> that's you do Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> Other DC-related news, Gotham Knights was one of the games that I mentioned that I was looking forward to this year, but they didn't have a date announced for it, and they finally announced a date. It's October 25th. It's going to be released. And that's 
it's kind of similar to the Arkham games as far as the world and the character builds, but I didn't realize you can play cooperative play on that. That's cool. So you team can up. actually play with other people and team up, so that's actually pretty cool. PlayStation, part. man, hit me up. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. you got a PlayStation 5 now, game. right? I can a hey, cross-platform, man. And I you played, guarantee we can play together. You played, um, you're, you're playing Elder Ring right now. I haven't got a chance to play it yet. I haven't yet either. The most anticipated list. That's, How's that going for you? That is intense, man. <laughs> it is intense. I died 25 times trying to fight a giant. Sure. And I never got discouraged once. I never got pissed. It is super enjoyable, and it's bloody. It's, I mean, yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, I'm excited to play it. I haven't played it yet. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. I think that's pretty much all the notes that I had that I wanted to cover on the news type stuff. We really appreciate you sticking around and doing yeah, the segment with us. So too. good to see you and hear from you. Yeah, you guys too, man. Thanks for having me, and uh, anytime you guys want me back. Absolutely. I think we already teased the fact we're going to have you back uh, next week, or if we haven't, we're talking about it now. Uh, we're going to have you back next week to do the Cato tribute episode with us, so we're really looking forward to doing that. and going to be a good time sharing some memories and, and that sort of stuff as well. So we'll look forward to talking to you next week. Hell yeah. Good talking to you, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Yep, I love you guys. Have fun. Love you too, buddy. Love you too, dude. Take care. See you. closing the show today again remind everybody of our social media presence now we're on instagram at the ati podcast twitter at podcast underscore ati facebook at facebook.com backslash ati podcast 22 we're on twitch twitch.tv backslash ati podcast we are on youtube ati podcast is the channel there soundcloud.com backslash all things insane podcasts we have a flow code set up on our social media sites facebook in particular we have it on our twitter account we have it on our soundcloud which will jump you to all of these various sites as well and actually yeah if you go to instagram i'm pretty sure we have a qr code on there that you can scan too that will take you directly to our uh, flow code page so that's right we do have a qr code on the instagram page it is in the highlights segment and you can find that there we also have an email set up for the show, atipodcastquestions at gmail.com. If you have a question for the show. Suggestions. Suggestions, anything. Feedback. Perhaps uh, a bit or perhaps an original song you'd like to submit to our show. Or with. if you want to be on, even. Absolutely. We're welcome to anything. Hit us up on the email. I am checking that daily, so we'll be happy to hear from you there. want to go ahead and te- te- tease the next week episode. Next week... We are going to have the Cato Tribute episode, and we are actually going to be bringing back Brandon for next week. He's agreed to do the show with us and have a discussion topic. Well, we're just going to memorialize our friend 
and we've got some surprise appearances and submissions in store for that episode as well. I'm really excited for next episode. I think it'll be good for everybody. So I think even if you didn't know Cato, that there's the discussion that we're having is going to be, you know, if anybody's went through grief in their life, this is three guys sitting here processing grief. So I think there's something to be learned, um, you know, in, in that regard. Uh, so I think that it'll, it'll be an interesting discussion in and of itself for that. But many of you, I'm sure most of you listeners are aware of Cato that we have currently and the impact that he had on us and probably your life specifically. So we are looking forward to that episode. We want to take the time to thank our guest Brandon Stewart this week also for setting in. And you can find Brandon on Instagram. His personal account is N-O-B. N-A-R-D underscore The Unpleasant on Instagram. His diorama and custom work, that page in particular we want to highlight and point out to you all, it is E-D-W-A-S-E-M-P-E-R-I-O-U-S-I-M-P-O-R-I-U-M. So it's Ed Was M. Emporium, excuse me. Uh, Imperious Emporium. So it's yeah. kind of a tongue twister, excuse me. So Ed was Imperious Emporium, I guess. Yeah, you got yeah. it better than I did. <laughs> I, I butchered that, and I'm so sorry. Well, I actually, the only reason I got it was because I was listening to you process it. <laughs> yeah. So we, we're going to actually put these, uh, it gets a little jargony at times, you know, obviously reading these off, and, you know, you're probably listening, driving your car, and you don't have the time to type this stuff in if you do want to explore it further. Uh, we will be putting the social media tags for Brandon and personally and his business. Yeah, we'll link it. If up. you want to reach out to him, please keep your inquiries. If it's going to be custom diorama type stuff, he does check that stuff routine, routinely. Try and try and use it through his custom shop page. We talked about Enemy Airship's new single, Magnetic Light, last week. We're happy that this week we are going to be featuring that song with their permission. So please stick around at the end of the episode to check that out. We're really excited about bringing that to you all this it week. It's fantastic. I'm so glad that we were able to do that. Them guys are awesome, so I hope you guys enjoy that for sure. And for now, I'm Barrett. I'm at Barry Insane on Instagram and Twitter. He's Josh at the OGW on Twitter and underscore Joshua Welch on Instagram. We are out of time. And until next time, good night, good luck, stay safe out there. Thank you guys. Stay safe.
Cursing loudly in a bar in a dream. Oh, this dream. But I don't sleep anymore. I can't sleep anymore without you. Every week, Josh and I talk about what's going on in the world, what's entertaining, what's controversial. Nothing's out of bounds, whether it's sports, current events, 
politics, TV, movies, you name it, we talk about it. We're going to have local artists on our show, promoting their work, that's right, you're for the people, by the people. Stay tuned, and you can find us anywhere that you get your lovely, lovely, juicy, juicy audio content. We are now on broadcasting platforms such as Spotify and Stitcher. Stay in touch with us via social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search for ATI Pod. We'll see you around. And hey, stay safe out there.